Welcome to the Tales by Bob podcast. We're fans of the words, worlds, weirdness of Bob Magoo. That's me. You can hear the anecdotes, deep cuts, and behind-the-scenes madness of all my many projects. All right, as always, I'm Bob of Tells by Bob, and this is my Conjuration recap. So, uh, it was actually this past weekend, I'm actually recording this somewhere in the vicinity of the event that I was just in. What a shocker! Um, so, I was at Conjuration, which is a Harry Potter-focused convention in Atlanta, and I'll be upfront. If I had realized it was a Harry Potter convention when I was looking to sign up, I probably wouldn't have. Because I have been burned in events that are like so centered on one IP. I'm thinking about Fandemic, which was a Walking Dead event. And that didn't go great. Um, I may have to do a, uh, a podcast episode on that and kind of the pros and cons. But um, seeing as I don't write Harry Potter uh, and I don't write anything, especially Harry Potter-like, I was a little worried about how I would do at this. So, but what happened was I ended up applying to uh, to moderate three panels, and then I applied to join three panels. And so if you, if you do at least three panels, you get a free pass. But then uh, my buddy Ben Meeks had applied for uh, a vendor table. So he ended up getting a promo table because he was also doing panels. So what we did was I added him onto my panels and we split the promo booth and it went great. So there were some hiccups and we'll get into it. But, uh, and I will say I am a proud Ravenclaw. So I, I was not turned off by the content of this convention. I was just worried how I would sell. But it's one of those deals, like the the, the booth was a, pro- a promo booth, so it didn't cost us anything. And our passes were free because we were providing content for the convention. Uh, and so really, you know, we split a hotel room. So it cost uh, my share of the hotel room was 150 bucks for the weekend. And then I had to cover gas and food, which uh, we... I had, so we had complimentary breakfast for Saturday and Sunday. Um, I had brought bagels and, uh, as I, as I do, and, uh, Ben had brought like sandwich making stuff. So lunch was kind of, we, we had covered. So really we just had to pay for supper, um, for Saturday and Sunday. And then I had to get food while I was, while I was driving. So the expenses were fairly limited. So. Um, on Friday, I actually learning my lesson from Multiverse. I took the day off, uh, got there kind of as early as I could, and me and him were totally set up by two o'clock. So they they requested. Well, they didn't. Re- it was a request, but their their desire was that if you were doing a promo booth, that you would be available the same hours as the vendor hall. So while we weren't in the vendor hall, we were outside uh, along like a, not outside the building, but outside the vendor hall, um, that we we had to maintain their hours. But we got there like two hours before we needed to be, and the vendor hall was open till eight. We stayed till a little after eight. Um, so we didn't make a ton of sales by like number, but every sale that we made was usually for 
a bundle. Like I sold three bundles of book one through four, um, which if you'll recall my arts talk episode, I, I only sold uh, one book one through four bundle at the entirety of arts talk. So, um, and Ben, he, he's one of the people that has the omnibus. Um, he sold several copies of his omnibus. So went great. Um, we got some, we went back to the room. Uh, we got in some words for NaNoWriMo and then we hit the hay. So Saturday we got up early, grabbed uh, breakfast and then, uh, we headed to, uh, back to the con. So again, we were there super early, but we knew we were going to be there way early and we used that time to get some more NaNoWriMo words in. Um, just in case you don't know, NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month, where you're supposed to write 50,000 words over the course of November. And so we're both doing it. So we were both, you know, uh, I had written a lot of words in the week leading up to it to make sure that if I didn't have time to write this weekend, I wouldn't fall behind. Worked out super well. Anyway, sales for that day, not great. Not great at all. I sold one bundle and a couple of copies of book one, sold no stickers. Um, ben was kind of in the same boat. Um, sales were pretty, for, considering we were there for like 12 hours, sales were pretty awful. Um, on the panel side of things, I did four of them. I did Horror, The Darkest Side of Fantasy, which was a fun talk, um, talking about the somewhat blurry line between horror and dark fantasy. Uh, then uh, Mark Gunn was doing a panel on how to promote your creativity with podcasting. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Wonder who's a good fit for that. <laughs> so Mark Gunn is actually a well-known Celtic musician. And uh, so he kind of comes at it from that perspective. And we had, uh, it was a great panel. I got to do a ton of follow-up talk with folk about podcasting and just, you know, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, then that evening, uh, Bobby Nash showed up. Uh, I, I love Bobby. He's one of my favorite people that I get to hang out with at conventions. Uh, me and him were on a panel with uh, Berta Platis and Marlena Frank that was moderated by Darren Bush, who I've heard Darren Bush's name a few times, but I've never got to meet him. And it was so good. The panel was how to fill up your writing portfolio. And I'm putting that in like just the top few panels I've ever had the pleasure of being on. It was such a good panel. Flowed well. Darren did a really good job like guiding the conversation. Um, everyone was super knowledgeable. And the crowd actually asked some like really good questions. So it was great. Um, and it was my first time, like I said, getting to meet Darren, uh, also Marlena and Berta. Uh, definitely want to panel with all of them in the future. Um, afterwards, Bobby came back, kind of hung out at our booth with us a little after. Um, and then I, uh, my first panel that I had set up was the Southern Fried Fantasy panel. And so Ben and Bobby were on it. But also, Nancy Knight was on it, which was super cool. Uh, if you don't know, she's the writing track director for DragonCon. She's a an absolute institution in the Southeastern writing scene. Um, like, the fact that she had requested to join my panel was... Uh, I, was blown, I was blown away. So, that was fun. Um, good panel. Uh, so, you know, when that was done, we hung out for a little bit longer, went, grabbed some food, and then we crashed. So Sunday, we uh, we got a little bit uh, later start, um, but we went ahead and checked out of the hotel, you know, got breakfast, uh, and then we headed on over. <clears throat> so my first panel of the day was, again, one of mine. It was putting the rural and urban fantasy. So Ben was on there. 
Um, Berta Plattis was on there, and Nancy Knight was on there. Um, Berta and Nancy are writing a series together. Um, and so it was, you know, the crowd really enjoyed it. And it was neat that I began to notice that there were a few folks that were, sh- like, the panels I had set up, like, this kind of the same people were showing up. So my topics were definitely not the most popular topics that they had there. And I, I know I need to do a better job of, like, naming my panels. Like, putting the rural and urban fantasy was fairly clear. But like, Southern Fried Fantasy, like, what is that even about? Could anyone tell me what that's about just from the name? No, I don't think so. So, um the fact that people were consistently showing up really, I think I'm hitting a niche there that people find very appealing. I've just got to do better about uh, promoting it essentially. Um, so then uh, my last panel of the weekend, it was one that me and another author had actually both suggested. Uh, and it was called how to get your book published. So uh, the other author actually ended up dropping from the panel. Um, I, I come to find out, I think he suggested it because he, would rather attend it than be on it. Um, so, but it was me, Ben, uh, Meeks, Bobby Nash, and Matthew uh, Quinn. So we actually kept it really light on the panelist side of things. Like, you know, I asked a couple of questions to kind of get things started, uh, but then we pretty quickly shifted to just answering qu- crowd questions, which a panel like this, I really think that's how they need to be run. Um, anytime I've seen these before, it ends up being, and I'm guilt. I've been guilty of this in the past. Um, it ends up being panelist heavy, not question heavy. And there's always far more questions than there's time. So I like to think we really helped some folks out. You know, maybe someday some of the folks that are in there will be bending alongside me. That'd be super cool. Um, on the sales side, once again, things started out pretty slowly. Um, it was to the point where we were like, "Are we going to break even?" You know, like. Uh, you know, like we were struggling to break even, much less turn an actual profit. Um, but Ben walked around and stumbled on an empty table. So uh, there's no way I can explain this in a way that y'all will understand visually. But imagine that there's a large room and off of that large room is the vendor hall. And off of that large room is kind of like the main panel room. Um, and then... And in that main room, both walls or two of the walls are lined with these promotional booths. Well, we were in an attached room, essentially. It it was all part of the same main large room, but we were almost like a corner that was semi-detached. And um, it just didn't get a lot of through traffic. Well, correction, it got a lot of through traffic, but everyone who was walking through was basically heading to the bathroom or heading to a panel. And very few of them were stopping to, to look. So Ben goes and walks around and he finds a vacant table out in the main part of the main room. So he goes and asks the con, like, hey, can is anyone using that? It doesn't look like it. I'm like, no. He's like, can we move there? I'm like, sure. So for our last two hours of the con, we were right there on the main thoroughfare. Uh, and we made more in those couple of hours. And keep in mind, of those two hours, one of those hours we were in a panel. <laughs> um, we made more in that time than we had made the previous day and that morning combined. Uh, it turned a weekend of barely breaking even into a fairly profitable weekend. That's when I actually started selling stickers. I had not sold any stickers to that point. Um, and I sold like 30 bucks worth in an hour. So, yeah. 
it was it, it, it was great. I, I wonder how we would have done if we'd been out there the whole time. Uh, but so here are kind of some of my takeaways. So each day we were pretty, me and Ben were pretty much the first ones there and the last ones to leave, uh, except for Sunday because I had to get back to Bama. But we did stay open for all of all of the hours we were required to. And honestly, by that point, pretty much everyone left at the same time. Um, but the booths are, are left, like kept cracking jokes, asking if we just slept at our booth because we were always there when they arrived and always there when they left, you know. Um, now, so while that didn't exactly translate into more sales for us this time, uh, it was really nice that to have been there who's equally as motivated to like get these sales, to get that, get that money, you know. Um, and so I guess the takeaway is like surround folks that are as driven as you, you know, feed off each other. Um, so about the stickers, I didn't sell any stickers and until I moved up to that main room. And I think selling stickers requires really good lighting. And our initial booth location didn't have like a bright light directly overhead. It was a well-lit room, don't get me wrong, but it... I don't think folks could see my stickers as well, so they didn't really check them out. Once we moved out to the main room, which had like basically a wall of nothing but windows and was super well lit, they started moving like gangbusters. Um, uh, I will say the moral of the story is to just ask, you know, ask if you can join that panel, ask if you can move to that vacant table, uh, ask if you can send someone your book pitch, just just ask folks, you know, like it. it, it the worst they're going to tell you is no. Um, and no one's going to like throw rocks at you or anything. Um, so, uh, another thing is craft a good, concise hook. I heard some really bad pitches this week. Um, there was, yeah, there, there were pitches that were so bad that they drove people away. And I, I honestly think that part of why our sales were bad was there was one person there whose pitches were so bad it actively drove people away. Um, so like Ben, Ben will lure people in by just saying, hey, do you have a moment for me to tell you about my book? Um, and then when they get there, he's got a quick little blurb that's like, hey, you know, this, you know, my series is about, it's a finished trilogy. It's about Obi. This is Obi. And he points to his big banner that's got Obi on it. And he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a wear otter and uh, he's a keeper for the Earth Mother, yada, yada, yada. Uh, me, I tell people, hey, um, I write about a redneck wizard with a crippling meth addiction. You know, it's quick, it's concise, it gets the point across. People know what you're about. Um, so cr really work on crafting something that sounds good and pithy, and you can say it in two to three sentences at most. You know, they call it the elevator pitch because the theory is you got to be able to give it to someone if you were on the elevator with them and they were getting off on the next floor, you know? Um, having someone to run the booth while you go off and be on a panel is really crucial. I, I feel in theory, we had that by sharing the booth, but in actuality, uh, a lot of our panels are at the same time, whether it's because it was a panel I did that Ben jumped on or just by weird occurrence, all our panels were at the same time. So there, there was all told, I think there was like four or five hours there where we had no one at our booth. Um, did we lose sales there? I don't know. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't, but uh, next time, definitely going to make a better effort on having someone there who could watch our booth and take sales if we're not there. Um, I will say that doing panels helps make sales. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of authors are very introverted. The idea of doing a panel is really scary. I get that. Um, but I, I, there are sales this weekend that I can directly trace back to some of the panels that I did. So the, the panels that give you a chance to like show who you are, that you're competent, that you're approachable, um, or like in my case, that 
while I look scary, I'm probably not a serial killer. Um, I'm at least a funny one. So, uh, you know, it makes people more comfortable to approach you at your booth later. So, um, also, remember to take business cards with you when you go to your panel. I forgot it every time but once. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, it was so dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, Conjuration, it's an absolutely fantastic fan-led convention. Uh, and the, the, the con runners, Chris and Angela, are super great. Uh, and they're also probably the most accessible founders slash con runners of any con I've ever been a part of. They were they were fantastic. They made a point to really come around and hang out and talk to us. Like it, it was it was great. So how did I end up doing? Um, $150 for my share of the room, $20 for parking, $40 for food, roughly, and then gas. Don't know how much I spent exactly, but let's just say it was about $250-ish in expenses. Um, I made $370 from card sales, and then I got a, about another $100 in cash sales. So I made about $470-ish. Do the math, it's $220 in profit. Um, that's a that's a good weekend, considering I also got a lot of FaceTime with and, you know, kind of networking with some authors that I really, you know, respect. Like I got to hang out a lot with Bobby, got to hang out with Nancy Knight, uh, Bernal Plattis, like ha had just a really good experience just, you know, kind of networking that way. Um, did grow my email bit a list. Would have liked to have gotten a lot more names, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, like I made money. I made some good connections. I grew my email list, added to my convention resume, um, got some good leads on some potential future possible opportunities. I got to hang out with friends like that. I, I don't know how else to say it, but like that is a successful weekend in my book. Like no questions asked. Um, and so this was also a very kid friendly convention. So I think next year uh, going to get the lady friend and kiddo to come to come join us. So. Um, yeah, Conjuration Atlanta, um, they're moving it. I'm not sure where it's going to be next year, uh, but they, I was told that they are moving it. It was a fantastic experience. Um, I will definitely be doing it again. I already, um, this is something else. After I do a con like that, if I, you know, meet someone new, like for example, Darren Bush, um, I reached out after the con just to touch base to be like, hey, you know, it was, I really enjoyed doing the panel with you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I had a great time. Hopefully we can do it again in the future. You know, um, the con runners, I sent them an email, you know, Hey, thanks for having me. This, I had, I had a great time. I'd love to do it again if you'll have me, you know? And they were like, Oh yeah, no, we'd love to have you back. So it, it, it's stuff like that. Like just reach out, you know, just talk to folks, say, thank you, be polite, be kind, be earnest. And I think, I think it'll pay dividends for you. So yeah, that's conjuration. That's my recap. Uh, I hope it entices you to to go check it out next year and uh, come by my booth and buy all my books. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Till next time, y'all be good, y'all. This podcast is part of the Tales by Bob Network. To see all our great shows, go to talesbybob.com.